Thanks for joining us for The Whole Spectrum. I'm Katherine Parks, and I'm here with my husband, Eric, to talk about what it means, in the words of Francis Schaeffer, for the Lordship of Christ to permeate the whole spectrum of life. And for us, our view of art in particular. We love to discuss the films we see from a Christian perspective, so we invite you to join us as we cover the whole spectrum of the movie world, from classics to independent films to blockbusters. Hey, thanks for joining us for this episode. And today we're talking about the Oscar nominations that were just announced. And we wanted to give uh, just kind of a brief reflection on our thoughts and find out what our listeners thought about the nominees. Uh, there were some that we were excited about, I think, some that were maybe were snubs or um, that we just wish would have gotten more recognition. And so, uh, yeah, let's get into it. So let's just jump right into Best Picture nominations. The first one is Arrival, which you and I have both seen. The next one is Fences, which we have not seen. Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. So like I said, Arrival and what else we've seen? La La Land we've seen together. I've seen Manchester by the Sea and Hell or High Water and Hacksaw Ridge. Are there any on there that you, well, I, I think I know the answer. Are there any that did not get mentioned that you wish were Best Picture nominations? Well, I think this is actually the first year in recent memory that I've only seen two of the nominated movies. What are you doing with your life? <laughs> My husband keeps going to movies without me. Uh -huh. uh, so I think I was surprised maybe from your somewhat not necessarily tepid, but just kind of um, measured response to Hacksaw Ridge, that it got so much love. Obviously, Silence is not on here, and that's one that we just talked about yes. in our last episode that we wish would have been nominated. I don't know if there's anything else that, I, that really stood out to me. I mean, we both just saw A Monster Calls, and I think that was definitely one of my favorites of the year. But, yeah, that was a good one. Uh, but I think maybe it had too late of a release to really make... The nomination. Well, that one's a tough sell, too, because it's not going to make a lot of box office money, and so it just doesn't have much of an audience, so I just don't think it got much attention. Um, there wasn't much of a campaign pushing for, you know, best little actor. The boy, I thought, was really good in it. And the mother, what's her name? Can't think of it. She was really good. She was in Rogue One as well. Uh, she was really good, but I don't think there's been much of a campaign from the producers to push for any kind of nomination so I don't know I, I'm kind of sad not to see that there but let's let's talk on the bright side Arrival for sure we both thought was really good uh, again I thought Hell or High Water was was fun it had a great script it was funny it was intense when it needed to be um, Manchester by the Sea very good super good acting just so depressing and sad uh, I think Lion is one that I had heard about several months ago, but it just hasn't been getting a lot of um, whole lot of love lately. But uh, so I was surprised to see that on there. But I think it's one that uh, we'd probably both like to see. La La Land we've discussed on a previous podcast. You loved. Mm -hmm. um, Hidden Figures I think was kind of a, a surprise here. Um, so I think now we'd you know both like to see that one. Yeah, Fences for sure. Yeah, well, I think Hidden Figures and Lion are both films that um, 
just watching the trailers look like they're overly sentimental maybe mm-hmm. and are appealing to a certain audience and so the fact that they have gotten so much critical acclaim is really neat and encouraging i mean i think it, it makes them movies that i would definitely want to see because you know the story is going to be um interesting and heartwarming but you are wondering from the previews if it's it's going to be overdone in a way and so apparently yeah it's definitely shooting for a broader audience but i don't necessarily think that's a bad thing Uh, and then the last one was moonlight which um, that's more on the low budget side with not a lot of known actors uh, but that's gotten a lot of buzz um, for months now so that one could i don't know that one could come in and win everything who knows um, okay, so um, Best Actor, you want to read those off? Yeah, Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea, Andrew Garfield in Hacksaw Ridge, Ryan Gosling in La La Land, Viggo Mortensen for Captain Fantastic, and Denzel Washington for Fences. Okay, uh, any thoughts there? I think those are all pretty good. Andrew Garfield, we talked about this earlier. He could have gone either way for me, Hacksaw Ridge or Silence. He was really good in both of them. Ryan Gosling didn't have a whole lot of range in La La Land, but he had piano that he learned in, I think, six months that we read. So that was really impressive that he did all his own piano stunts. Stunts? I said stunts. <laughs> so do you think this one is uh, Casey Affleck's? I think this is Affleck's year. He's had a lot of um, a lot of buzz for him for the past couple of months, so I think it's probably his. Uh, Viggo Mortensen we saw in Captain Fantastic. He was fantastic in that. Um, yeah. The movie, not so fantastic, maybe. But. I, don't know, I think I liked it more than you. And then Denzel, he's always good, so you know, he, there's a chance for him, I think, too. But Best Actress, we've got Isabelle Huppert for Elle, Ruth Nega for Loving, Natalie Portman for Jackie, Emma Stone, La La Land, and Meryl Streep, of course, for Florence Foster Jenkins. This is her 20th nomination. Oh, my word. And she's good in it. We both enjoyed the movie. It was fun and funny. And it takes a lot of skill to sing as poorly as she did in that movie as the tone-deaf opera singer. <laughs> she really sold it. Yeah, so she was good in that. Um, Emma Stone, you and I also discussed this earlier. I don't, I think she was good in it. I don't think anything stood out as just being really, really great. Well, but I, I think thoughts? it was, that was her movie. I mean, more so than Ryan Gosling. I think she was given the more. Yeah, it's media. Um, pivotal scenes and uh, given more of the dramatic parts um, of the script and so I don't know I mean I think what the film required her to do she did and did well and maybe it it looks more effortless but you said she was acting like Emma Stone mostly herself but now that we're talking about it I will grant you not only is she doing some good acting but she's also singing she's also dancing so there's a lot to it, a, a lot more to her performance than I suppose I'm giving her. Um, but typically I like the more understated performances, so that's why my, my vote would be for Ruth Nega for Loving, um, who I guess maybe because I've never seen her in anything else, she um, really surprised me and I can't see her as anyone other than um, Mrs. Loving, who she, whom she was playing in the movie. Um, so I, I really liked her. Um, so we've got, let's, uh, we aren't going to go through every category, but I think Best Director, Arrival, Hacksaw Ridge, La La Land, Manchester, and Moonlight, all of those were good. Again, I don't, I'm just not understanding all the love for Hacksaw Ridge, but maybe because Mel has had some, his time in the sun with Braveheart back in the day, uh, and I think Hollywood definitely likes a comeback story, 
perhaps that's why so much love. But for that movie, I thought the first half was fantastic. I did not love the second half as much. But sometime you should see it to give me your thoughts as well. Well, do you think that, uh, I guess I'm curious about why the comeback. I mean, why has Hollywood shifted on Mel Gibson to I the point? I think it's been enough time. He's paid his dues. He's been quiet and hasn't made a big, you know, tried to make a comeback too soon. I, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, but who would you like to see win out of any of those that you've seen or know about? I don't know. I mean, I from what I've read and heard, you know, Damien Chazelle pulled off something that people didn't think he could do and, and he's a young guy too. made the world love it. But also Barry Jenkins for Moonlight. Um, I've just heard so many people talk about him and about the film and his vision for it. So, Well, I can't see them giving it to, and he may not be a first time director, um, but he's, no one's ever heard of him. Um, at least with Damien Chazelle, he had done Whiplash, so people had kind of heard about him a little bit. So I don't know, uh, I'm sure it's probably Damien, but I'd also like to see Denise Villeneuve for Arrival, because he's been doing solid work after solid work. Um, so I think he's he'd be my vote. Um, okay, and then we, we've talked even, I think you did a, a podcast with some guests talking somewhat about the Oscar So White controversy and some of oh, that. Oh, yeah, a year ago. And so looking at the nominees, especially for the acting categories, you have 20 people here. Last year at this time, all 20 were white. Wow. And so just to see the difference, and, and that's not a direct correlation to what happened necessarily because these, these films have been in the pipeline for longer than you know a year. But it's just really interesting to see the contrast. Well, and right now, what I'm looking at out of the 27 out of 20 are people of color. And so, and I don't think it's just the Academy trying to throw people a bone. It actually are, it actually is some really great, actually are. <laughs> they actually are the best performances of the year. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's an honor to get nominated. It'll be interesting to see um, who people choose to be the winners in some of these categories. I mean, support, we didn't go over supporting actor, actress. I thought Jeff Bridges was really good in Hell or High Water. Viola Davis, I'm sure, is gonna be really great in Fences. Apparently, she was fantastic in the play. Um, so, you know, she'd be a good one to go to, I'm sure. Oh, real quick, also documentary feature. Okay. I thought, you know, the fact that O.J. Made in America was nominated was a surprise to me because it's seven and a half hours long, but I guess its Ooh. initial run it had to be shown in a theater. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was reading up on the rules for all of these Oscar nominations on the Oscar website, and for the documentary category, it has to be shown in its entirety for a week in New York and in L.A. Okay. in order to be considered. So I guess that's how that got in there. But I, I thought that would be considered more TV, but apparently it qualifies, which I was happy about because that was one of the best things I think I saw all year. Yeah, I didn't get to see that. We, I was pleased to see 13th on there, which you and I saw recently. And again, that's a Netflix uh, movie, but I'm, I'm sure they open in on each coast um, to give that its a chance at award season. I was also a little sad to not see any Sing Street songs nominated for original song. Oh, yeah, that's too bad. Because I really enjoyed that. Um, but Moana got a nod for Lin-Manuel Miranda and a couple of La La Land songs. Also one for Justin Timberlake. Hey -o. Our kids will be really excited about uh -huh. that. <laughs> I really want to see A Man Called Ove, 
which is up for Best Foreign Language Film. I think that's Swedish. Yeah, the book is supposed to be amazing. So back to, we've talked a little bit, and I've asked you questions before about, well, how does this happen? And, and when they broadened the category of Best Picture to up to 10 films, why is it sometimes eight and sometimes nine and sometimes 10, but it could be six? Um, so I did a little research, and basically the way that it works, at least for Best Picture, is that every member of the Academy can nominate up to five films, and they do so by listing their order of preference. And the films have to have met, you know, a list of qualifications in order to even be considered. So say you're a voting member and you list your top five. The votes are tabulated, and the number ones are considered until a film has enough to put them over the edge and then they start going down to the number twos. So basically gotcha. uh, it gives people more range. So say you you really wanted um, Arrival to be nominated but you also really liked, you know, La La Land. So basically it gives people a way to vote for things that they're not sure would actually get nominated and so you get this weird, it's not everyone picking their number one pick necessarily. Yeah. Uh, and so then the voting is done the same way. And if as soon as a film gets up to 50% of the vote, uh, it wins the category. Okay. Well, I'm glad you did your research on that. I've just wondered and whined about it for years and years. But it does make sense how you could have films like Hidden Figures kind of sneak in there. And I remember... Gosh, it was The Dark Knight, uh, the Batman movie back in 2008 that everyone thought should have made uh, the best picture cut. I think that's when they are still doing five, and it didn't quite make it. And they changed the rules the next year to include, you know, to, to give it kind of that sliding scale where other films could be included. And so the next year, District 9, I believe, was up for best picture, as was The Blind Side. And both of those are good movies, but neither of them, to me, are works of art. I think they're more popular popcorn fare, which is fine, but it, you know, with that I'm wondering if some of these more popular films took the place uh, this year of Silence, for instance, which I do think is more of a, uh, a thoughtful piece of art, I suppose, a mm -hmm. masterwork really from, from Scorsese. But I was happy to see it get a cinematography nomination at least. Yeah, well it's interesting because any film, and the reason that there's a, a difference in the number of nominees every year is because a movie has to get at least 5% of the total vote gotcha. in order to qualify. So if only seven movies do in a given year, then there will only be seven nominated. So it's kind of hard to sit and think, how did Silence not even get 5% yeah. of those? But perhaps not that many people saw it. So last question of the night, looking at the Best Picture nominees, do you have a guess, not your favorite, but do you have a guess for which one do you think will take home the big prize? I mean, Hollywood loves Hollywood, so <laughs> it's hard to not think that it's going to be La La Land. I think you're right. If there's another one that could slip in there, it's probably Moonlight. I know Manchester by the Sea has gotten a lot of praise, but I think I would be really surprised if it's not La La Land at this point with as much momentum as they have. Yeah, it'll be interesting over the next month to read other critics and see what people are guessing or predicting. But as of right now, I'm with you. I think uh, La La Land is probably it, for better or worse. It's a good movie. I shouldn't, I shouldn't <laughs> act like it's not. It's definitely a good movie. 
um, just wouldn't be my pick for, for best picture of the year. Yeah, I don't know if it deserves best picture. I mean, in my book, I guess. I don't, I don't know that I would pick it as best picture of the year. True. Well, you still have a few to see, which is the good thing. They give out nominations and we have about a month um, to check them out. So uh, if you guys check out any of these movies, um, hit us up. Tell us what you think. We'd love to talk a little bit about it. We can be reached on Twitter or Facebook. Um, yeah, so hit us up. We'd love to chat more.